How do you heal from emotional wounding? In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about emotional wounds, what they are and how you heal from them. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships or how to find and create a fulfilling relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. You can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your argument style in relationships so you can develop better relationships. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about a really important topic which is about emotional wounding and how to recover from it. Yeah, so we thought um, we talk about healing. What does the what does healing actually look like? I mean healing is not something that happens overnight, we know that. It's a process. Um, and we thought before we start talking about emotional healing, it might be quite interesting to look at what happens when we have a wound. Say you've, you know, you split your hand here, you've got a, a, a wide gape in your hand, what happens on a physiological level when you have a wound? So there are, um, in medical terms, in terms of the healing of a wound, there are four different stages. Uh, and to some extent, they also uh, map to emotion, the, the process of emotional healing, don't they? Yes. Yeah, so, and, and I think in terms of, you know, the amazing thing with the body is the body mm -hmm. heals. Yeah. So, well, for many things. I mean, there are some things we do need help with as well. Sometimes the body doesn't always heal on its own. We do need mm. to go to for medical help. And I think mm. it's the same with things mm. we experience in everyday life. You know, we, ha we have wounds emotionally and mentally. Mm. Uh, and some of those things, we, we do just, we, we get on, we recover. Mm. Yeah. But there are some things that, that are more challenging that stick with us that mm -hmm. may have happened when we're you know, even three, four, even younger sometimes that we don't consciously remember, but they may affect us in our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. And so, so the same with, with those woundings, that we have physical wounds. And like you said, those four stages, first of all, it starts with something called hemostasis. And that's where basically after an injury, the body will stop the blood flow and it starts to release growth factors to start the healing process. And for mm. me, that's almost a little bit like sometimes when you have a, an emotional wound, there's almost like a numbness. Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah. there's a shutdown, so to speak, so that we don't quite feel the... The full intensity of the experience. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and with more, you know, with with larger emotional wounding, that can be so mm -hmm. much that we start to dissociate. Mm -hmm. And and I think one of the challenges here is that you know we may get stuck in one of these processes mm -hmm. as well, where you know an an early traumatic experience, someone may dissociate. So dissociation mm -hmm. is basically where you know essentially we. We may numb ourselves emotionally. We may not really be in touch with our feelings, or we may get a sense that we're not really living our life ourselves. It's like we feel detached from life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like uh, it's a sort of a part of us, the painful part of us, so to speak, uh, shuts down um, so that we don't feel the pain so in, quite so intently. And it's this sense of, yeah, absolutely, you feel numb, you don't feel uh, the pain so strongly. You might have a sense of almost like um, having that kind of helicopter experience of where you're looking. A part of you is not quite present. A part of you is split off, is looking in from the outside at yourself and you're, you have that disconnection. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, I think, almost like the self itself is shut off yeah. and you create parts yeah. 
outside of that to, yeah, which stop you from having to really feel that wounding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and essentially, this is a normal part of the medical process as well, mm-hmm. as we do have that 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 thing where we do shut mm. down that mm. you know things start it's part of that healing process it's, it can be an important part mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah just to sort of i just wanted to say before we move to the second part that happens here the second stage of healing isn't it just amazing because as you were just describing that isn't it just amazing to to know that our body has got the capacity to heal itself to and you can witness it yeah when you've got a wound on your hands etc you notice how very slowly day by day it kind of gets better so it's quite a it's quite a hopeful message i suppose that we're passing on here so we've got the first uh, the first stage here the second stage of the whole healing process is when there's an inflammation in the body so that's um, an inflammatory response um, which basically helps the body to deal with any, any kind of bacteria that got into the wound, to kind of rinse it off the bacteria, to get rid of the bacteria. Is that right? Yeah, So and, and sort of dealing with the old tissue when mm-hmm. we need to build new tissue. So maybe there's cells that will actually you know, destroy the old tissue or destroy bacteria. Some mm-hmm. of them may... May, may kind of even, in a way, almost like eat the uh, old sort of cells or old mm. bacteria, kind of. So essentially, uh, you know, that inflammatory response. And we, we know as well that, I, I think this is quite interesting, that a lot of recent research suggests that inflammation in the body may also be correlated with uh, some things like depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some sort of emotional pain, sort mm. of, you know, when, when the body's inflamed, we may have, you know, we may also experience that feeling of feeling low. And I think, you mm. know, after we have that initial pain, there can be that experience of, you know, feeling quite down or feeling kind of mm. feeling that sadness or feeling strong feelings that build up. It could be anger. Mm. It could be, you know, even denial. It could be sort of many of these different feelings that, that, that really feel quite intense. So it's like that inflammation of feelings. Yeah. They get activated yeah. when we have more. Yeah, we have. We're more in touch. We might be more in touch with them. Yeah. After the initial shock. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, with some of these feelings as well, when they're very intense, it does seem, you know, from some studies, there does seem to be some correlation with inflammation in the body too. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a one-way or a two-way process, I don't know. But I think this can be a nice metaphor for mm-hmm. you know that experience. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, what do you do with that? Well, we'll come to that in a minute. Shall we yeah. go through the four stages of the uh, of the wound, the wounding yeah. process? But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, about. you know, again, we could get stuck in this stage yeah. with an emotional wound. Yeah. So we get stuck in that intense feeling. We get stuck in the anger. We get stuck in depression. We mm. don't move through that. No, that's a very good yeah. point. Yeah, because ideally, what we want to do is be able to move through to the next stage, which in a medical model is mm. proliferation. Mm-hmm. And in proliferation, that's where the body starts to produce new tissue mm-hmm. as part of that healing process. Yeah, it's interesting. So if we apply that to the emotional process of healing, that would be the sort of they're having developing new pro, no respo- new responses, emotional responses to the initial traumatic experience, yeah, the wounding experience. Yeah, and I suppose the inflammatory response when you know when some of the cells in the body are dealing with the bacteria, dealing with the old tissue, mm-hmm. I suppose. That's almost a little bit like reprocessing. Yes. So we have to go back and think about what caused the wounding Mm. and actually process it properly because sometimes we haven't processed it. Mm -hmm. So once we've processed it, we can start to create sort of new sort of patterns and new ways of being. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think the proliferation is a bit like that that new pattern that's in place. Once we've done some of that processing, Mm -hmm. you know, we've looked at those 
other events, we found a way to process it, a way to work through them, we can then start to kind of create a new way or new insights, Mm -hmm. new ways of Mm -hmm. feeling about things. Because obviously we can't change the past. Things Mm -hmm. happened. But we can change how we experience them now. Absolutely. Which I think is the important thing. I think it's this, this sort of idea of proliferation is when we find that new way of relating to those experiences from the past. Mm, absolutely. Having a different way of looking at it, a different perspective, yeah? Developing yeah. a different perspective, a different yeah. Yeah, yeah. stance, right? And then, yes, the final stage in the, the, wound, uh, the wound healing process, the met, you know, from a physiological experience is what is called remodeling, or sometimes it's also called maturation, which I think is an interesting term within the context of what we're talking about. This is literally when the, the wound starts to close over. It gets filled, so to speak, with uh, material that enables it to, to heal over, to close over. And of course, in emotional terms, that's the sense of when we have integrated more of our these experiences, these traumatic experiences, and we find a way of somehow relating to them differently, which we we complete the process that happened in the proliferation stage. We have some sort of different way of relating to what what it, what uh, happened to us. Yeah, I think it's that sense of being able to move on, mm-hmm. that, that healing's there. But there's still the memory, there's which still is scar. like the scar. So the scar, scar is like yeah. the memory, but we don't have to have the feeling with the memory. Mm-hmm. So we can, well, a different feeling. We, you know, we essentially can move on. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the thing with scars is you know, we can either see a scar as something that's unattractive or we can see it as something that sometimes can can produce a sort of new meaning or something mm-hmm. that becomes more attractive. I suppose, you know, over Christmas we, we watched uh, the Harry Potter film. I suppose mm-hmm. that and famously Harry Potter has that scar on his head and it's, as soon as people see that, there's that knowledge this is someone special. Yes. So I suppose <laughs> it's sort of creating that sort of, you know, with that pain came that sort of mark of uh, some sort of, you know, some sort of uniqueness or something mm. else and I suppose that's as well with with that pain with the wounding is it's the meaning that we take from that that even though there's a sign mm. internally or externally uh, we're able to then kind of create a life carrying that with us and you know sometimes even being able to mm. find sort of meaning or, or strength within it maybe not always but yeah. you know finding that possibility all, all this process it doesn't happen overnight no yeah, you know, we basically, we have a wound and, yeah, that healing can take some time. And I suppose with a deeper wound, a physical wound, that, that may take quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we may need help from the outside. But, you know, with, with smaller wounds, you know, they can heal relatively quickly. We barely notice them and suddenly it's repaired. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, you know, to acknowledge that in that process of the wounding that, it can take time. Mm. And it's the same with emotional wounding. It's sort of, we may have been holding on to some sort of wound for years. Mm. I mean, you know, many people have worked with, I'm sure that all counsellors and therapists have worked with, we've seen clients who have had uh, a wounding that happened decades ago. And still so, Yeah, so it may come to us only in their 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the amazing thing is they, there's been this sticking, sticking where they haven't been able to move through some of these stages. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still move through that mm-hmm. and find a different way of living now once you've 
being able to process that wound. And I think we can process wounds however long ago they happened. Mm. And you know, I've seen people um, who have developed a, a, a new sort of sense of happiness and fulfilment in life at 70 or even 80, where they'd held on to, you know, 80 years of pain from the wound that hadn't been processed. But, but having that time now, seeing that there is that sort of sense of light of moving forwards. Yes, I think what's also important with emotional wounding is that very often, unlike a, a, a very a bleeding wound that you might have on your on your hand, for example, you might not uh, be so aware of it. Uh, you might know that there's something that hurts, that's uncomfortable, that's not doesn't quite feel right, but you might not be able to identify it so clearly. So I think in terms of the process of emotional wounding, there's obviously overlaps, but there's also differences uh, to the medical model of you know healing a physiological wound. Well, yeah. So it's the you know it's the kind of you might not because it's a, an emotional wound, you might not even notice that you experience it. So it might be something that has to be brought into your awareness first of all, so that you realize ah actually. When I experience this discomfort, when I experience this depression, for example, because very often you have a symptom but not necessarily related back to a cause, when you identify that there is a cause that triggers this particular response, then you can start the healing process. But unless, but if there's no awareness of it, I think then it's more difficult. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a sort of physical side, that can happen as well. So if we look at sort of, yes, say, yeah. on battlefields, someone may sure. lose even a limb and actually at the time not be aware of it because of the whole intensity of what's going on and sure. the brain sort of mm. being able to kind of produce the endorphins, whatever, to, to be able to kind of deal with the situations it is. And it's then realising what's happened. So I suppose there is yeah, almost some parallel there. Yeah. But, but absolutely, it's that awareness uh, of the wounding. Mm. And part of the problem is that you know, when we've had wounding when we're younger or at any age, you know, our brain may protect us from dealing with that mm. through, uh, you know, in, in a psychodynamic way, we're through repression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we repress those things that are most painful, mm-hmm. so we don't have to look at them. That's right. We yeah. develop defense strategies that stop us from looking at something that is too hard to look at, too difficult, too painful to look at. That's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So that is a way of. It's a way of. That's what, that goes back to the medical model of the the first stage of the wounding, which is the you basically don't notice it. Yeah. Mm. Um, you you shut you you shut down your system so that you don't notice it. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So we can always map it onto uh, what happens on a physiological level with our wounding. So, but uh, it's this sort of awareness. Raising awareness is the first step. Just noticing. Well, this is what I'm experiencing, and I'm experiencing um, this pain here because of this or that that happened to me and you might not even be initially aware of what happened to you this might be a bit of a an unfolding process to work out mm. what is it that caused the original wounding yeah and i and think there's course, the sorry i think there's the two things because it's mm. being aware that you have a wound now mm. yes so you know because some people will not be aware of how they're feeling even mm. you know many people do shut down that so it's first of all noticing how are you feeling now that mm. you have a wounding and then the awareness of what may have led to this mm-hmm. that's right yeah and because then um when, when you can identify the initial process that caused the wounding I think that's really helped, I mean, particularly from a sort of more psychodynamic perspective where we're looking at cause and effect and looking at how the past influences the present and ultimately the future. It's really crucial to have that understanding um, because 
then I can create different um, explanations. I can uh, create a slightly more comprehensive picture of what, why, why I am struggling with particular aspects in my life now, even mm. though they happened, something might have happened you know, 20 years ago in the past. So, so that's the first stage, is the acceptance, is the un uh, understanding a bit more what happened here, what caused the wounding, and then it's kind of working through that process of, um, you know, working towards more acceptance, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And acceptance doesn't mean, well, my life is miserable and mm. I'm never going to be happy. Acceptance mm. is accepting these things happen. Yeah. And it's being able to sort of be able to process some of the, the emotions that were connected with that, maybe from the past, some of the sort of unwanted emotions, whether it's the anger, the upset, the sort of the identi self-identity that was formed because of that wounding. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's, you know, sort of somebody who, w when they were growing up, where they were kind of, um, you know, basically treated very badly by the parents and had a sense that they, they are worthless. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it might be looking at that sort of awareness that this is this identity that they created, that was constructed, mm -hmm. or was kind of, you know, when I say created, I'm not saying uh, this was created in terms of that environment of that situation. Mm. Yes. And but it's might, not sorry. them. Yeah. No, I mean, no. that's the important thing is that that is constructed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think another important uh, phase of that healing process is also uh, grieving for losses. The loss, for example, of um, the loss of a parent who never was, a parent who might not have been as loving as uh, you needed to as a child, a parent who might have been quite absent, a parent who was dealing with substance abuse, a parent who was uh, over-involved with uh, their work, for example, so a parent who wasn't quite there, or a parent who might have been abusive, yeah? So it's the, it's the, the grieving, grieving the, grieving what's, you couldn't have had, is an important part of that stage as well. Once you've gone through that, you can say your goodbyes. Mm. Yeah? You can move, I think you can only move forward if you can let go of that. But you have to grieve it first. Yeah. Um, I suppose there's different ways of, of framing that as well. I suppose it's sort of, you know, that acknowledgement that this was missing, that this mm. was what it was wanted, but mm. also what this then meant to you. Because mm. like I said, the fact that you weren't given that love that you needed um, basically had a meaning to you, mm -hmm. that maybe you're unlovable. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's that sense of being able to gain that insight and reparent yourself mm -hmm. in terms of knowing that actually there's nothing about you that is not lovable, you didn't have that experience from the parents, but it's about how you can rebuild that sense that actually you are lovable or you're fine as a human being, which to me is, is the key element here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so which I suppose can tie in with grief, but for me, I suppose my perspective is slightly different in, mm -hmm. in, in terms of how that grief is, is kind of formulated and kind of worked through. Sure, okay, yeah. I mean, there are different ways of uh, yeah. conceptualizing that. Yeah, for me, that's part of it. But yeah, you're right, of course. I mean, it needs to be then, you know, we, we can only, I think we can only look at the present if we've kind of uh, acknowledged that something happened in the past. Yeah. And if we can kind of, uh, we might not neatly package what happened in the past. Uh, yeah. We can look at it, we can evaluate, we can generate understanding. We can cry and, you know, have emotional responses to that. We need to do all of that before we can move on. 
Yeah. And when we move on, yes, then we can create different, uh, generate different meaning about what happened then, or what do I want to do with this now? Because mm. we can't change the past, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we can look ahead and think, what am I going to, how am I going to integrate these um, very wounding experiences into my life now? What sense do I make of it? How do I go forward with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose also just touching on, because we talked about psychodynamic sort of, uh, theory with mm. regards to, for example, repression and mm. defense mechanisms. But from from a different perspective, say a Gestalt perspective, it mm. might be that you know part the things were not finished. Mm. We have unfinished business. Mm -hmm. So we have a Gestalt, which you know the, the metaphor of the whole that we have to complete the whole that whole cycle. Mm. You know we go through an experience, but we haven't been able to fully complete that experience. So we get stuck somewhere. So like with mm. the medical healing model, we get stuck, for example, in hemostasis or mm. the inflammatory process or mm. proliferation. Yeah. So if we're stuck there, we're going to keep finding this crops up in our life. We keep having this come up and we've not been able to move through that. So we need to find a way to process things well here and now so that we can mm. uh, complete that cycle and not keep having these same symptoms and experiences that happen mm. because of that unfinished business. Yeah, because that's the sort of the equivalence of kind of picking at the scab, isn't it? Um, you, you know, there might be some healing, but we kind of, we can't quite, we're not quite there yet. We need to open it up again. We haven't quite processed enough yet. Yeah, and mm. so talking through that even here and now, kind of experiencing, so rather than, mm. so I suppose with you know, the Gestalt perspective, it's, it's more done in the present. Mm -hmm. So, for example, techniques that might be used, like empty chair technique, where maybe the person where we experienced that wounding with in that context, we might imagine, for example, that person in a chair and being able to kind of speak to that person and then take their perspective and kind of speak back and have a conversation to, to work through and have that conversation that we never had. Yeah, I mean, Gestalt uh, um, therapy offers lots of creative ways of addressing that, absolutely, which is yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there are other perspectives as well, which, you know, for, for somebody who works more psychodynamically may see it as more of a sticky plaster method like CBT, mm. where it might be kind of just working with, well, you're having this thought, we see that as a distortion, we may challenge that thought and think about an alternative way of thinking mm -hmm. and you know to some people they may see that with particularly with emotional wounding as, as kind of maybe putting a plaster over something but not dealing with the wound that needs to be dealt with at a deeper level yeah yeah or from a person-centered perspective is this idea that something got in the way of our self-actualization so you know the idea that we always grow and we always grow towards uh, uh, a process that helps us to be fully ourselves, but something here stops this process uh, and needs to be looked at again. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're different. What we're saying here is that they're very different uh, models, therapeutic models that uh, would look at wounding, what causes the wound, and also how you go through the process of healing. Yeah. They all want the same. The outcome is, I suppose, always the same, but the 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 way of getting there, the modality, the method is quite different. Yes, and I think, you know, key takeaways is remembering that healing takes time. Yeah. And whether that's a day, whether that's sort of decades, that's okay as long as we don't ignore that there's a wound. I think it's having that acknowledgement that there is a wounding and finding that, that ability to, to look inside and actually deal with that at some point. 
because that can be scary. It can be very, you know, it can be very frightening to to look at de- uh, uh, kind of that awareness of the emotional pain. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the other thing to take away is that um, isn't it fantastic what our body can do? Mm. Uh, I think this is what I wanted to emphasize. I always find that amazing to see how how uh, quickly a wound can heal. Yeah. And if we look at this uh, in terms of emotional wounding, we also, you know, you also notice that there's obviously there's always a fluctuation in mood. There might be some days when you're a lot more uh, permeable and sensitive and responsive to uh, external influences. You might feel a little bit more fragile. And, but notice how that passes also, that, you know, the, the next day might look completely different. So these things, you know, this is not set in stone necessarily. We are, we are quite flexible, yeah. uh, psychologically as well as physiologically. Yeah, and if it's challenging, go and seek help. Yeah. So just like with a physical wound, mm. you know, where something, you know, some things we can heal ourselves, but, mm. you know, if a cut is too deep yeah. or, you know, if there's, if there's something that's broken, for example, we need to go and have help. It's mm. sort of, we can't just let some things heal on their own because we do need somebody to maybe do some work with us to help that healing kind of be in place. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same knowing that, you know, there may have been things that you're aware that haven't been processed and actually seeking help can be really important. And again, that's not overnight. It may take time with that help. But once you find the right help and are prepared to work through that, I think you really can experience life in a very different way. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we don't need to hold on to pain. I mean, there may be pain associated to things from the past, but we don't need to hold on to that intensity of the wounding. It's about finding a way to process that. Yeah, and uh, uh, we we need to have. I think we need to. If you know, do, if, if we've had traumatic experiences, for example, um, then we will need to have some help to kind of work that through. You know, this does take some time. Um, so it's not. I think it's almost. It, it's very difficult. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's very difficult to make, sometimes to do that on your own. Yeah. Um, depending on the um, the severity of the the wounding that you have experienced. Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships or how to create fulfilling relationships or other sort of uh, helpful things to do with emotional and mental health we have on our website, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. You can also take our free online conflict style quiz and our course, uh, The Relationship Maze, shows you how to create a more fulfilling relationship and begin to get some insight into maybe some of the wounds that you have that stop you from having that relationship uh, that you really want. So head over to therelationshipmaze.com and subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to speaking with you next week.